Chapter 23, Our Deepest Fear We continued along the spectacular Croatian coastline, passing Novi Vinodolski and heading towards Senj. Thanks to a roadside interview that we granted a passing journalist, we were greeted in recognition and stopped by many people, all wishing us the now familiar Sretan Put, a safe journey. We found our picture on the back cover of the local newspaper, along with a small article that we couldn't understand, and added this first of many more Croatian articles to our Italian collection. I was receiving continual signs that day for Ivan, the Croatian name for John. From a car that stopped with an occupant of that name, to a huge wall spray-painted with the word Ivana, to discarded bits of paper at my feet with that word, the universe was screaming at me. And so I was attentive. When I stopped at the side of the road to adjust my backpack, Alberto said that he too was receiving signs at that very moment. We both stood and waited. From across the road, a young woman stepped out of a restaurant and in English asked if she could help us. We answered yes in unison and crossed the busy road, telling her that we could use a drink. We chose a table near the entrance of this bright, spacious restaurant. I tried to be patient, but thought I would jump through my skin when I saw a painting of an eagle hanging alongside that of a white dove. The young woman appeared with our drinks and asked what we were doing. She looked to be in her twenties, with long flowing auburn hair and a lovely face. Her green eyes struck me not only for their beauty and their kindness, but the sadness they conveyed. She listened politely to our story, but her averted gaze and folded arms told me there was something she didn't quite agree with. We invited her to sit with us and introduced ourselves. My name is Ivana, she said, sitting down. My heart lurched. Alberto kicked me under the table. How is it that you speak English so well? I asked, trying not to scare her off with my enthusiasm. Well, I'm studying to be an English teacher, she replied, but I am only home for a few days helping my parents here in the restaurant. Through our conversation, I learned that her family was Bosnian and that the civil war had forced them into refugee cramps for many years. Unable to return to their home, they now lived in a land that did not welcome them and that generally regarded them with disdain and to be of an uneducated lower social class. After years of hard work building their family restaurant, were they finally being accepted into their new community? I think what you are doing is admirable, she said, smiling sadly, but I don't think it will change anything. One person cannot make a difference. Gandhi was one man, and he made a difference, I replied. He said we must each be the change we wish to see in the world. That's all we're trying to do. Every day, people stop to speak with us. They honk their horns and wave in support. They invite us into their homes. They offer us food and drink, and often to sleep in their homes. For that brief moment, their attention is on peace. 
I can't tell you what's changing inside each and every person, but their actions demonstrate that we are influencing them. Most people here only think about surviving, Ivana responded. They don't have the luxury of thinking about peace. They've learned that even when they try to speak about peace, they can be arrested. I could sense that she wanted to believe me, but she didn't want to have hope, that fragile commodity that is so easily crushed. I was in Lebanon for a few months this past year, I said to her. My father had always described it in such glowing terms, but what I saw were the scarred remnants of 25 years of civil war. I saw people living in fear and mistrust, not knowing if or when war will break out again, and taking what they could for themselves, often at the expense of others. Those who were genuinely interested in rebuilding their country were labeled fools and idealists who didn't understand the complexity of the country's religious and political realities. I've come to understand, however, that they too care very deeply for their country, that they too want to live in the peace that they dream of, but they are too afraid to hope, to be disappointed yet again. I'm not saying it's easy, but peace remains a choice, even in times of war. We've met so many people during this walk who are building peace, Alberto added, but they think they're alone. They're the ordinary people that Moni mentioned who step out of their daily routines to help us. They're the real heroes of the world. Well, thanks to them, I believe more than ever in the goodness of people and in our power to change the world. It's hard to believe that I can make a difference just by being nice to someone, Ivana responded with disbelief. I asked her for a piece of paper, and while she spoke with Alberto, wrote out words that I had long ago memorized and taken to heart. They were given to me the day that I saw my eagle for the first time and was questioning my audacity to dream of working for peace. They were part of Nelson Mandela's 1994 inauguration speech when he accepted the South African presidency. When I finished, I asked Ivana to read my words. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And when we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Ivana's lips curved into a smile. It was a smile of hope, of believing in the impossible, of having the audacity to dream the grandest dream. 
I felt a tremendous sense of joy and accomplishment and a deeper appreciation of what this journey was also about. I was giving people back their power. I was giving people back hope. Sitting before Ivana, I couldn't think of a more powerful purpose than to awaken that spark within each person. We spent the night in Senj and pressed on to the tiny fishing village of Svete Yurai, grateful to find a priest and appreciating the storage room that would serve as our shelter for the evening. While Alberto searched for food, I cleared some space on the wooden bench that would be my bed that night. Alberto arrived shortly after, smiling proudly. He held out the expected block of cheese and baguette. Next, he pulled out a tube of mustard and then one of mayonnaise, smiling victoriously. Perhaps it was the cold night or the hard day's walk in the mountains, but the sight of yet another block of cheese with bread, garnished as it was, set me off. That's it, I exploded. Tomorrow we're eating a proper meal, and I don't want to hear any complaints from you. We've had this discussion before, he responded calmly. You can eat what you like and sleep where you like. Don't blame me if you feel guilty. Mustard and mayonnaise are not food, I seethed. I appreciate your invitations and have accepted them many times, Alberto responded. I don't want you paying for everything. I didn't know what was making me angrier, his words or his attitude. He was calm and confident, while for some reason I was spiraling out of control. You think you have all the answers, I blurted. Do you think you're some kind of master? Have you reached some state of illumination that I'm not aware of? What makes you think you're so special? Alberto quietly stared at me, his arms folded across his chest as if watching some petulant child having a tantrum. Here we go again, he sighed. I am no more special than you or anyone else, Moni. I'm only trying to help others just as I have been helped. If I wait to be perfectly illuminated to do that or anything else in my life, then I will be waiting forever. What I know now can serve others, just as what others know can serve me. We are all masters and students. We are all teaching and learning at the same time. But no one asks for your advice, Alberto, I interjected. You just offer it. It's easy to hide behind the excuse of who am I or what if I make a mistake, he retorted. People are free to ignore me. I will not hide myself for fear of appearing arrogant nor will I be less so that another can feel more at ease. Isn't that what your precious Nelson Mandela said? Only yesterday were you reciting those words to Ivana. Or have you forgotten? Alberto announced that he needed to use the facilities and headed towards the door. I heard him turn the handle several times, but the door didn't open. The priest has locked us in, he said incredulously. The windows were barred, and the priest in another part of this building. I needed to use a washroom too, and didn't know how I would hold it in all night. Alberto scrimmaged through the room and held out an empty Coke bottle. I can't pee in a bottle, 
he anguished. It's just too vulgar. I only wish I could, I retorted. There are always the flower pots, he chuckled, pointing at one of the larger pots. I lay in my sleeping bag, pulled my knees up to my chest and shook my feet, trying to think of anything that would distract me from my need to urinate. I heard the trickle of liquid in the bottle and hated Alberto even more. Alberto finally switched off the lights and lit a candle. He came towards me and knelt by my side. I didn't mean to hurt you, he whispered. I returned his gaze, not knowing what to say and feeling overwhelmingly confused. Alberto reached over and embraced me. Tears hovered in my eyes and I fought the urge to bury my head in his shoulder and weep. I released him and turned away, not wanting him to see my turmoil, but knowing that it was evident. I had nowhere to run, no one to turn to. In my moments of confusion, there was only Alberto, usually the source of that confusion. I needed time away from him, time to gather my thoughts and my feelings. But on this journey of peace, it seemed that we were destined to continue together. <laughs>